Did Mike Trout hit his eighth consecutive home run last night? And how many players have the Angels used this year? And does it matter? And did the Angels get the better player in the Marsh Ohapi trade? Hey, there's a lot to discuss, and we're glad that you're here. You're Locked On with Mike and John, and this is Locked On Angels. You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We appreciate you making Locked On Angels your first listen of the day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. You can give us a rate and a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And if you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe and click the bell to be notified so that you know every time a brand new episode drops. What's going on? We appreciate you joining us for this edition of Locked On Angels where it's your team every day. You've got the Frisch Brothers, a.k.a. the Super Halo Bros, the sons of Mrs. Super Halo Bro, uh, Kathy, by the way. Uh, <laughs> you can reach us at Lockdown Angels on Twitter and, of course, at Super Halo Bros on Twitter and Instagram. My name is John. That's my brother, Mike. Uh, does Dad get no love, John? Uh, hey, my name is Mike, and that's my brother, John. <laughs> <laughs> All right, shout out to Mr. Super Halo Bro as well. There you go. Uh, hey, we are so glad that you are here with us after uh, the game on Tuesday night, where in which Mike Trout was not able to get his eighth consecutive home run and tie the likes of Ken Griffey Jr. and Don Mattingly for most consecutive games of the home run. However, however, he does have seven. Yes. And that is a franchise record for the Halos and pretty impressive in and of itself considering he didn't get a lot of pitches to hit, Mike. Not not in this right. game. <laughs> I, I think he had four pitches in the strike zone. Yeah. I mean, this guy, like, they were, I think you even tweeted out, like, come on, cowards, pitch to him. Come right? on, you cowards. <laughs> because you could tell that they didn't want to have anything to do with Trout. And it felt like Trout from, like, 2016, 2017. Mm-hmm. They were really trying to avoid him in this lineup. And so... He, he said he did the best that he could. Jeff Fletcher actually interviewed him, and in the OC Register, he talked about this with Trout. Trout said, the first three at-bats, I wasn't thinking about the home run, but the last at-bat, I'll be honest, I was. And I he said, him. when I think about a home run, it's not good. He's chasing pitches. He said he was really amped up way too much. And I get it. It's your last at-bat. You kind of know it's your last at-bat, and it would be one of the things that you can celebrate. Angel fans are hanging on to this record. This is fun to watch because the team hasn't been so much fun to watch. And so I appreciate that Mike Trout is still 15 in his heart and he wants to hit the home run like every other batter in a game like that. Yeah, you know who did hit a home run in this game was Matt Theis and he had cranked one to right field. So that was great to see. He caught last night and so we're seeing more and more of Matt Theis behind the plate and he looks really comfortable back there, Mike. In fact, he was the only run the Angels were able to muster in this one. They lost it 3-1. to one. And I got to give it up for Jose Suarez getting through this game. Five and a third. Three runs allowed. But get this. He has a 2.14 ERA in his last eight starts. 42 strikeouts. Nine walks. Over 46 and a third innings. So, Jose Suarez has really turned a corner as a pitcher for the Angels. Remember, he came up in 2019, 2020, and he was only 20 years old at the time. Yeah, young dude. So he has just miles ahead of him in terms of becoming a great pitcher. And boy, do I like that slider. Do I like that left-handed slider coming out of his hand? Does he give you 
Bartolo Colon vibes. Can I can I say that? <laughs> He's he he has a little bit of that in him. Yeah. That's a good. I think that's a good connection right there. Let's see if he can hit a home run when he bats. Yes, and that'll give me. Uh, <laughs> well, Bartolo that's not going to happen vibes. anymore. That's yeah. that's over with. <laughs> no, not at all. And then stay off the PEDs. Uh, we don't we don't yes, want that at grief. all, right? Remember when Bartolo was playing with the A's and he had a great year, and then they pinged him for PEDs. Yeah, and he destroyed I remember you us saying, like, year. can we can we get all of those wins back? No kidding, yeah. Because they did crush us in all of those games. But I, you, you got to give it up for Suarez. He's had a really great year. And I think the greatest stat, John, and what you just read is the 46 Ks to nine walks. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's the thing that was just killer for him was him walking people and not being able to get batters out and strike batters out. And Suarez has really taken a couple of steps forward in his maturity this year. And mm-hmm. so he was really great to watch. It's unfortunate. These are the games, John, and and we can talk about yesterday's or two days ago, that game too against the Guardians. These are the games that the Angels... If they're going to be good, they have to win these games because mm-hmm. these are close games that they have the opportunity to win. And in this one, they only had four hits. And Phil yeah. Nevin even said, that's Not pathetic. Good. We, we yeah. can't do that. And so these are the games they got to come back and win, especially when you get a great start from somebody like Jose Suarez. We're going to talk about depth a little bit later, but it did come up as an issue in last night's game. And that's when Andrew Velasquez hurt his knee making a play at shortstop. And David yeah. Fletcher had to come in. David Fletcher got hit on the hand a few days ago, and he's not been playing because he can't grip the bat. He can't Ah. hold the bat strong enough. And he said that he could throw and he could play defense, and he certainly was able to come in and do that. But that first at bat, he put down the bunt and he got a bunt single. That was great. That's really all he could do. But I got to thinking as soon as they brought him in or they were considering bringing him in, I was like, wait, there's not really much you can do with Andrew Velasquez down, it's short. Well, you, you move Renjifo over to short. You move Duffy to second. You put in somebody at third. Who are you going to put at third base? I mean, maybe right. maybe Stassi could have played first. Maybe Thice could have moved to third. Uh, it just was a really bad situation when you get to thinking about it because David Fletcher is hurt, and it's fortunate for us he was able to come in and play. But, gosh, they were really up a creek there. For a little bit and and if he wasn't able to contribute the way that he did then it just it probably could have been a disaster and, and it goes to show that wow the angels just really don't have enough talent to spread around the field i mean you put moniac at, at, at an infield position like what, right. what are we gonna do here guys yeah. <laughs> right so that was What's an shohei doing situation. just put shohei at third right <laughs> yeah no kidding no kidding they were talking about he probably would first, crush so. it at third base too right oh like yeah get out there and be like no big deal yeah, i got this i got this this is fine <laughs> so yeah that was a very interesting situation the way that that played out but it was unfortunate to see the angels drop this one three to one because mike like you mentioned these are the games that they're gonna have to win and and to be honest even though we will probably have a more healthy team next season, uh, hopefully we have some more stars in this lineup. Hopefully we sign a few people over the offseason. Even still, it's a 3-1 to one game. You've got to make it competitive. You've got to be able to come back, and you've got to be able to win close games like this because Monday and Tuesday were both very close games. And even when you're in a position in the season where it's like, well, you know, we're we're not going anywhere, we're not going to the playoffs, you still got to show up. You still got to be yeah. able to keep it competitive. And, and gosh, did you see the the chart that was posted on Twitter yesterday 
of everybody's uh, six through nine hitters and the averages that they've mustered up, it was all the teams up here and the Angels way down here. Yeah, <laughs> and it was yeah. just yeah, it was it was very obvious. It was like yeah, that's that feels about right. That feels what you're telling me is that everything that we have sensed all year long, yes. the one through three guys are great and everybody else is terrible. What you're telling me is the stats are backing up what we have been feeling and seeing and experiencing all season long. Is that what you're telling me? That's what I'm telling you. Every <laughs> single Angel fan who listens to Lockdown Angels and is active on social media knows that six through nine has been absolutely brutal this season. And part of that's due to injury. Part of that's due to lack of depth. Again, we're going to have that conversation a little bit later on, but it just goes to prove that what we've been saying all season long is true, that this lineup has been abysmal and we really have to take the steps to correct that next season. Uh, the Angels are playing a day game uh, very early today, so be sure you, uh, after you're finished with this podcast or watching on YouTube, you catch those halos going for game three against the Guardians in Cleveland. Then they have the day off on Thursday, and they'll be back on Friday, back in action, and we're excited for that. Coming up on Locked on Angels, we're going to check in on an old friend, old friend alert, Brandon Marsh, and we are going to talk about the player that he was traded for, Logan Ohapi, and ask this question, did the Angels get the better of that trade. We'll talk that through in just a moment. But first, Johnny Locked on Angels is brought to you by Blue Chew. It is brought to you by Blue Chews. All right, fellas, listen up. Fellas, I'm talking to you out there. Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night. The process, very simple. All you have to do is sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers. Once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. The best part, it's all done online, so there's no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, no dancing around the topic at hand, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package, so no one has to know what's going on. It's between you and Blue Chew. Try Blue Chew for free when you use the promo code Locked On at checkout. All you have to do is pay $5 for shipping. That's BlueChew.com, promo code Locked On, to receive your first month for free. Visit BlueChew.com for more details and important safety information. Last week, John Sam Blum wrote an article in The Athletic about the Halos and the turnover that they have had on this roster. And mm-hmm. you and I talked about this uh, a few episodes ago with all the players that have played third base, like Phil Goslin <laughs> and Jonathan VR, and you were there and I was there, and they brought back <laughs> Gary Gaetti, and I think Troy Gloss had a couple of at bats, right? Gary and so, Gaetti. <laughs> <laughs> you like that Jack, Jack Mayfield, too. He was yeah, there. Jack Mayfield, yeah. Money, Money Mayfield was Money out Mayfield. there. So uh, there, here's, here's a couple of notes from that article that I found really interesting. The Angels have used 62 players this year. Year. Is that that's all? Only, that's only two. It's only two below the franchise record of 64 way back in 2021. <laughs> <laughs> you, you had me in the first half, not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> 
oh my gosh, they have used over 120 players in the last two years. And here's here's some comparisons, Johnny. Astros have used 45 players this mm-hmm. year. Guardians have used 48. Yanks, mm-hmm. 49. No other American League team has used more than 58 players as wow. of this podcast. And so here's why he brought it up. Here's why it's an issue. It's proof that the Angels are desperate for depth. And Mm. this is something you and I've talked about. It's something that Perry Manassian has talked about. This is very evident just in your example of what happened with Velasquez and Fletcher in last night's game. Someone gets hurt and then the replacement that comes in isn't necessarily a great replacement or somebody that even plays that position. And when you think about like Velasquez going down and moving people around. I remember a a few months ago, Taylor Ward like jumped in and played, I think third base or Mm -hmm. second base. Right. And he's got some history there, but they don't want him there. They want him in the outfield. There's a reason why they have him in the outfield, but that's when you know that you're just struggling for depth and the development of the minor league players, according to Sam Blum in this article, it's improving, but here's, here's the biggest issue, not at the pace that benefits the big club. It's Mm. not moving as fast. Again, let me use Taylor Ward as an example. 28 years old, and he's now having his career high in all of his stats. Like, this is a career year for him. But he's 28 years old, just one year younger than me. And and so that's uh, (laughs) like that. Okay, Uh, just want to see if you're paying attention. So... (laughs) This is the issue that Sam Blum is bringing up. Like, there is just no depth. We know that there is no depth. So, Johnny, let's play GM for a moment. Why don't Mm -hmm. you start? How do you address the depth problem on the Angels this offseason? Here's my thing. The Angels have depth. And what I mean by that is they're running with the depth that they have. They have Velasquez at short. They have Luis Renjifo. They have David Fletcher and Matt Duffy. Guys who are playing every day, but yeah. should be depth pieces. I told you depth was going to be really hard to say a yeah. uh, hundred times on this episode, and here we are. The reason I say that is because at third base, you should have Anthony Rendon, and if he goes down, then Renjifo should replace him. Or if you have a superstar shortstop, like they should have and should have signed, they had Correa on the market, they had Trevor Story on the market, there was a lot of people they could have gone after in the off season, and they didn't go after it. And so they did this rotating door of guys who should be coming off the bench rather than guys who should be starting. They had Velasquez and Tyler Wade and, again, Jack Mayfield, stuff like that. Those are the guys that should be supplementing your superstar starters. Now, I'm not saying that Renjifo and David Fletcher shouldn't be starting. In fact, I think that you could get a lot of productivity out of the both of them if they were sharing time at short or at second, some version of one or the other, especially with Renjifo being a switch hitter. That's always very valuable. Velasquez should be a backup. He should be in there every fourth day, fifth day, that sort of thing, or a late innings replacement because his glove is so good at shortstop. But really, the Angels are playing with their depth, and what they're missing is are the guys who should be starting every day at those positions. And without Jared Walsh at first, you're playing with backup Mike Ford, who we randomly picked up. And that's the problem is we don't have the depth because our depth is starting and we don't have the superstars to start. So when one or anybody goes down, the Angels become super desperate 
There's not a lot of help from AAA when you're bringing up Jose Rojas and he gets DFA'd and nobody claims him and he comes back and then gets DFA'd again and fortunately the Giants picked him up. Uh, they so feel sorry for him. He can't <laughs> haunt us anymore. Yeah. It, it, it goes to show that in the minor leagues, especially at the AAA level, there's not enough happening there. Now, I did take them quite some time to consider Matt Theis and he's come up and he's been very successful. Uh, when you think about the outfield... There's a lot of options for the outfield, especially between Joe Adele, Moniak. You've got Trout, of course, in center field. you got Taylor Ward in right. And so the Angels have plenty of outfield options and guys who can come up and, and fill in. But to be honest, I think they could certainly use a strong left fielder that you can count on every single day. And perhaps it could be who I'm thinking of from the Astros. He's hurt right now, but he's Michael Brantley, he's, oh, Brantley, he's yeah. killed yeah. us for years, and he's right. a free agent, and and I know he's a little older, uh, but man, to have him as a one or a two, that guy just hits and hits and hits, and we need somebody on that level in the outfield, so all of that to say, I think the problem with the Angels is that they don't have depth, because the depth that they have are the guys that they're starting, but what about you? What do you think that the Angels need to be doing? Well, you know, this makes sense when Sam says that the depth is an issue and the players are not developing as fast as they would want them to. Yeah. It makes sense now why Stefanik isn't back up here, right? Wouldn't it make mm. sense to have him on this roster and have him playing every single day? But maybe there's something there. They're like, he's got to work on a few things. He's got to work on his eye. He's got to work on his stance. He's got to work on his defense. I, I just don't know if it's counterproductive to bring him up and allow him to work on that in the major leagues. Now, maybe you want to create a space where it's brand new for him because like, let's look at the trash pandas for a second. We're talking Mm -hmm. about these guys who are actually going to the playoffs. They're really, really great. The 66ers are going to the playoffs and Mm -hmm. we're rooting them on. And we've talked about how you don't want to bring them into an environment where the culture is not a winning culture. And so (laughs) maybe, maybe that's a part of it, John. Maybe that's a part of why these guys haven't come up. And that when they talk about development, maybe it's a development of the culture in the major league area first, right? And you don't want Stefanik to come up and really struggle and then be in a culture that doesn't know what to do with him or encourage him or has a hitting coach like Jeremy Reed who was like, I don't know, you know, that just kind of seems to be his response to (laughs) everything. Yeah. So I, I think you're right. I think that we're playing with our depth pieces. You made an interesting statement when you started this conversation. I want to ask you about... You said that you see Fletch as part of the depth piece. Do you see Fletch as a starter, or do you see Fletch as somebody who is filling in for somebody who is maybe the star and is starting at shortstop or starting at second base? I think if the Angels have a star shortstop or a star second baseman, then the other side of that equation is Renjifo and Fletcher filling that other side of the field and and starting in and out. So really gotcha. you play the matchups between Fletcher and Renhifo and and you see who can hit what kind of handedness better and that sort of thing. I think they need somebody who's a star up the middle and then Renhifo and Fletcher can play the other side of that because I love David Fletcher and Luis Renhifo is having a career year and really breaking out. I think I mean why not? You got to you got to go out and get big stars and guys that you can trust to play every day. And if one of those guys goes down, then you feel comfortable with the fact that you have 
David Fletcher or Renhifo to back them up. Or mm. you could start both of them if you need to give whoever this stup- superstar might be the day off. Yeah. And, and it's not that I don't see Fletcher being a starter. I just, I look at his last year and a half where he's been hurt and not as productive as he once was. Seems like he's getting back to that. But if yeah. I'm going into the offseason, I want the sure thing. And the sure thing gotcha. is signing somebody up the middle that you can trust to start every day. But this is not to rail on on Renhifo or Fletcher at all. Sure. I love those guys. Sure. So so for you for you next season then it wouldn't be Rendon at third, Fletch at short, and Renhifo at second base, and then they went and got uh, like a Michael Brantley infielder, somebody that can back them up along with Andrew Velasquez. In your mind, it could be Rendon, uh, Dansby Swanson, and David yeah. Fletcher with right. with Velasquez and Renjifo as the two backups. That's that's Correct. more your style. Yes, exactly, because these guys are good enough to step in when a Rendon goes down or a Swanson or a Turner goes down. They're good enough to step in. The other thing that you brought up about depth, Mike, is we have rushed so many guys to the majors out of desperation. I mentioned yeah. it before with Jose Suarez. He came up at 20 years old because we had nobody else to fill in when our pitching got hurt. Same thing with Patrick Sandoval. He came up in 2020. He wasn't good because he wasn't ready. Right. And we're fortunate that these guys have been able to develop so well. Figure it out. And succeed and figure it out on the major league team. And I know that both of them have spent some time in the minors over the last few years. But for the most part, Sandoval has spent the last year and a half with the major league team. Same goes with Suarez. He came up about halfway through last season and really turned a corner. But man, even back to Jaime Berea in 2018, desperation. Yeah. We needed somebody to come up. And so we called these guys up way quickly. And I think that that is the issue that we're running into a lot. Called up Joe Adele at 21 or 20 in 2020. And that's why he was in over his head as we all saw that season. And to some extent is still in over his head at the major league level. And I think it has everything to do with the fact that we that we uh, turned on the burners in the oven to get him up here more quickly. And he was just underprepared, undercooked. He needs more time. John, you mentioned left field, and we had a guy. Uh, his name was um, um, Brandon Marsh. Remember mm, him? Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. And so we traded him for Logan Ohapi, and I saw this stat this week. Despite the Phillies fixing, and I'm putting quotation marks up there, ah. fixing the swing of Brandon Marsh, Marsh has a slash line with the Phillies that looks like this. Uh, 230 average, 254 on base, and a 344 slugging. His K percentage is 35%. His slash line with the Angels was 226, 284, 353 with a K percentage of 36%. So Hmm. they haven't really... They haven't really figured him out, and he hasn't really figured it out. And yeah. the the question that you and I were wrestling with that we wanted to bring to the Locked On Angel listeners is, is Marsha bust, and hmm. are you glad we traded him? Now, before you answer that, let me give you Logan Ohapi's stats just with the Trash Pandas. 309, yes. 482 on base, 704 slugging for an 1186 OPS. Whew. I mean, he's tearing it up, right? Him yeah. and Zach Neto are tearing it up. And I'm excited to see what the potential is for him next season. So 
is is Marsh a bust? Are you glad we traded him? And do you think that right now it looks like we got the best of this trade? So what are your thoughts there, Johnny? I don't think Marsh is a bust. I think that he could benefit from an offseason with the Phillies to reset and get all of the bad uh, mechanics out of his system. Bad juju? Let somebody work. <laughs> yeah, the bad juju from the Halos. Let yeah. that out of his system. I can't understand why the Phillies traded Ohapi. I mean, mm. I know I know that they are doing just fine at catcher. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Yeah. They they have the best catcher in the league pretty much. But but to to get rid of Ohapi, I mean, I would want somebody like Marsh so I can understand why they made the trade, but we also have to be patient with the fact that these stats from Ohapi are fantastic, but they are with the Trash Pandas. Yes. And we have to be patient with the fact that this is a minor league guy who's killing it. We've seen that time and time again. Now, that's usually at the AAA level if they're hitting really well. Right. But to compete and do well at the AA level, look, it's not just his It's not just his offensive stats. It's his defense, too. That guy has a pop time. He, he looks like... He looks like Molina out there. He looks like Yadier yeah. out there. And, yeah. and he's throwing guys out like crazy. So I really think Logan Ohapi is definitely going to contribute to the Halos down the road. As far as Marsh goes, like I said, I think he just needs to get this season behind him, start fresh with the Phillies, and know where he's going to be next season. So I don't think it was a bad trade. I don't think Marsh is a bust. However, I will say, Mickey Moniak, hmm. who we got from the Phillies, He's moniac, the Marsh, moniac. <laughs> <laughs> the the Brandon Marsh of the Phillies, yeah, where yep. you're excited about this guy, but he just hasn't really put it together, and so you think a change of scenery is going to help. Mike, listen to these stats since he's been with the Angels. He was hurt for a little while. He had the broken finger, the, yeah. the tip of his finger. 250 average, 276 on base percentage, 571 slugging, 847 OPS. He's got two home runs. Four RBIs he's been leading off lately. He had that one triple. <laughs> one triple, yes, that's true. Yeah. I said this to you a couple of days ago privately. I think Mickey Moniak is doing everything that we have wanted Joe Adele to do since he came up. Ah, and yeah. What I mean by that is I watched Moniak in that Houston series, and when he made that awkward diving catch, caught the ball, stood up, and threw the guy out at first base for an unassisted double play, Good grief, man. I, I I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, Joe Adele had a very close play. I think it was Monday against the Guardians because he had a cannon throw from left field. But Moniak's playing left field very well. He's great on defense. So far, his average is, is pretty decent in the games that he's got to play. He just seems like he has it together more than Joe Adele does. And he's a number one pick. 2016, number one pick. And, and sometimes, you know, you don't always get the best. At number one, you right. can get you can get uh, uh, Walker Bueller at thirty something, like right. the Dodgers did. I can't remember exactly what it was, right. but it wasn't number one. Or Mike Trout in the twenties, and, <laughs> and yeah, exactly. So with Moniac, to me, he's doing everything that we've wanted to see out of Joe Adele. Mm, it's unfortunate that the the Joe and Flo show is no mo, uh, but <laughs> I do think it's going to benefit everybody all the way around, including uh, Moniac. How about Joe and Mo? Can we do that? Oh, I like the that Joe one. The Joniak and Moniak, right? <laughs> Joniak, think, just trying to save time. <laughs> that's right. If, if if Joe Adele and Mickey Moniak can push each other forward, I think that's going to be best 
for everybody. But what are your thoughts on on Moniac, Ohapi, Brandon Marsh? What do you, what do you think about all this? You know, this? I'm a positive guy, John, and I'm always really going to choose like, you know, glass half full, right? When I look at Moniac, I'm really positive. I see a guy who yeah. has really benefited from benefited, easy for me to say, from a change of scenery, and he's he is doing. I think I 100% agree with you. He's doing what they want Joe Adele to do, and I'm not ready to say left field is his, but he might be somebody sure. that we're surprised like off season and then in the spring training, I could see Moniac being one of those guys in spring training that like leads the league in home runs and hits hmm. 350. And everybody's like, who the heck is this guy? And you can't <laughs> ignore him and you have yeah. to start him. And I could see yeah. Moniac being that. And maybe he, he like frees up an opportunity for us to trade Joe Adele for uh, an, an, in, an infielder or, or trade Joe Adele for an arm or maybe a bullpen piece. Right. And so I, I really like what I've seen from Moniac just because he's he's got a am I gonna say this? I'm gonna say this. He's got a Darren Erstad kind of vibe about him, right? Okay. He's got that All gritty, right. gutty, yeah, I'm gonna go get it, right? And so I actually really like what I see in Moniac. I like what I see in Ohapi. I do miss Brandon Marsh. What I loved about Marsh is he was like full bore, rhino through a wall, and, yes. and was gonna go and get what you needed to get. I wish, Absolutely. I wish that his offense came around and I wish him nothing but the best with the Phillies. But I think the Angels won this trade, and I really like the guys that we have, and I'm excited about the future that they have with the Halos. Again, more depth. At the very least, Moniac could be number four in this outfield next season, and we could really get something special out of him during spring training. So again, I think that the Angels would serve themselves best if they go out and get proven guys and let the pieces that they do have become the depth. And so they're not relying on 50-50 guys. You're, you're counting on superstars to win you games, and when those guys need a day off, you can bring in your backups and feel confident in them as well. Well, thanks for making the greatest Locked On show, Locked On Angels, your first listen of the day. Now make your second listen, the second greatest show on the Locked On <laughs> MLB network, uh, the Locked On MLB podcast with Soli, Paul Francis Sullivan. He don't tell Soli we said that. I, I won't. You, please don't tell him. He's scary. Uh, he shares some of the biggest stories from around the league and has a great perspective on every team. You can follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked On MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can give us a follow on Twitter at Locked On Angels to keep up with the show, all the new episodes and latest news and stuff coming down the line from our Halos. And of course, you can connect with Mike and I at Super Halo Bros on Twitter and Instagram. Mike, what do we have on deck for tomorrow's show? Johnny, if Marvel can play What If, then you and I are going to play What If. And hey, what we're going well to consider, what would have changed this season for the Halos? We're going to give you three things that we believe would ch have changed this season for your Angels, our Angels in 2022. We'll talk about that tomorrow on Locked On Angels. I'm sure we both have a lot to say about that i'm sure our listeners have a lot to say about that so please get at us on social media if you're watching on youtube comment below we'd love to hear from you until then my name is john and that's my brother mike and my name is mike and that's my brother john and we'll see you right back here tomorrow for more locked on angels